Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Ian Anderson, and today we have Captain Hunter Bolton on with us. Hunter, how are you? Dude, how you doing? Fantastic. Thank you. Um, dude, I've never talked to you. Uh, my first time ever getting introduced to you is online. It's so funny how this works. The podcast is so funny to me, but uh, give us a little overview on yourself. I want to know about you, what you do, where you're from. Uh, yeah, give us the rundown. So I'm a uh, full-time charter captain in Beaufort, North Carolina, or really Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. I work out of Chasing Tails Outdoors, um, and then I do inshore and nearshore fishing um, full-time. And, um, that's kind of the gist of it. Epic. Dude, we got to get all into that stuff inshore and near shore, because I just consider it offshore fishing here when I'm past like 10 miles, you know, I'm living in California. So it's a bit different from, uh, what you guys have over there, especially for the fish, fish hatchery and everything. But, um, so you're a charter captain and that's what you do by trade. Uh, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been charter fishing only for a few years. Uh, I was a freshwater fishing guide before that. Did a lot of uh, trout stuff. Uh, lived in Colorado for a while, Western North Carolina, and um, now I'm here full time. Oh, rad! What made you move? Like going from Colorado to North Carolina, I feel like that's a pretty significant move there. Uh, well, I'm from North Carolina originally, and okay. grew up saltwater fishing. And I was uh, there was a point in time where I was spending seasonal time fishing the saltwater, and then fishing in the summers for trout and uh, just kind of started to enjoy the saltwater more and more and decided to just make the move and go all in. How much of a difference is it going from saltwater fishing and chartering now saltwater fishing compared to maybe going to like Colorado and, and fishing for trout and steelhead and stuff like that? Like, I feel like there's such a difference between freshwater fishing and saltwater fishing that people don't recognize. It's crazy. There's a lot more decisions to make with saltwater fishing. There's a lot more things that can go wrong. Um, just you're working with a lot more. It's easier to make a mistake. It's easier to go to the wrong place. So you really got to have your ducks in a row. But a lot of it's the same, you know, creating conversation with people, making sure it's fun no matter what, um, and just trying to get out there, catch fish, enjoy the day. So, so it's all yeah. just pretty similar. I know. That is true talking to people and having a good time, right? That's what fishing's all about. That's right. So it's, it's been funny. We've been trying to do this podcast for a bit of time. You've been fishing every day, it sounds like. I've been working, but um, what have you been up to? Have you been fishing a bunch? Yeah, just out there getting sunburned, trying to catch a few fish when I can. I love it. That's so good. So so how does the company work? Do you guys have multiple boats that you're chartering out there? Yeah, so there's a, there's four of us that run full-time out of Chasing Tails. And then there's some other guys that fill in for us. Um, but during the summer months, you know, there's several boats going out every day. Uh, it's a great group of guys. And it's just, it's nice to um, kind of feel like you're part of a team instead of just being alone. You know, you can always pick up the phone. We work with each other well. Um, so there's some big advantages to working with an outfit like them. How did you get introduced to Chase uh, and Tail? I can't even remember, actually. I know I used to shop there a long time ago. Um, in, in this area, I was originally chartering for my own company a little bit. And 
ended up meshing well with them and they used me for a few charters and then uh, it progressed from there and it, it turned into a full-time role. That's crazy. It's funny. I feel like word of mouth and just communication with communication with like other people around you. That's literally what you need to do. If you want to find something to do, find a job, go find fishing spots. Just go talk to people. Socializing is the best thing in the world, right? That's right. I love it. It's so good. So um, talk to me about your team then. Are you super close with everybody that you work with? Yep, pretty close. I mean, I'm working with the same guys every day. Um, Captain Nick Nance is kind of our head guy there. He's been there for years and years, and he's such a good guy to work with and kind of took me under his wing in a way. So having somebody with all that experience that's uh, willing to work with you and help you out is definitely led to a lot of my success. That's amazing. That's good. It's good to have like, you know, those role models or or influences in your life that are such a step ahead of you that you can look up to and get encouraged by and they don't treat you in a way that it's it's scary. It's more of like they want to bring you in and expand your knowledge ability to become a better charter captain or a better fisherman or whatever you want to do. But that that's what's cool about um, you know, companies like that, right? Like Chase and Tail, that's super cool to hear that. And and the amazing thing is that you want to go work with these guys every single day too. That's right. Yeah, I feel like a lot of guys get jaded and their their attitude gets rough as they've been in the industry for a long time. And uh, so working with guys that have a great attitude and are willing to help and want to see you succeed is I'd be lying if I if I said that it didn't help me in a big way. Oh, absolutely. So Hunter, uh, where exactly is Chasing Tails ran out? So Chase and Tails is on the Atlantic Beach Causeway when you head into Atlantic Beach from Moorhead City. Big tackle shop on the right, and uh, it's it's right on the water, too. So uh, we're able to run these charters right out of the back of the shop. Wow. And then, you know, we have water access, so we've got all the live baits that a lot of tackle shops can't carry or keep alive because we're able to, you know, host that bait right on the water, pump it, pump water out of the canal, keep everything alive. Um, so it's a great location to get bait and your tackle as well. How long has the company been around for? I don't know exactly when Chase and Tails started, but I know they've been around over 10 years. It must have been nine or 10 years ago, the first time I shopped and bought some bait and tackle from them. That's rad. I love that. I love companies that do well, you know, just <laughs> like, especially like people like you that are just social, have the ability to talk. You know, that's what a company is all about. You want to have your clientele come to the, come to fish and just have the best time of their life, right? Like that that's what it's all about. And it's so, so rad to, to see that just growing that way. But um, so talk to me about, you were talking about inshore fishing, near shore fishing, and that whole nine yards. What is the biggest difference between near shore and offshore? Because I am from the West Coast. And I have no idea what you're talking about when you say nearshore. It's so funny to me. I hear that all the time. And I'm like, nearshore? What the heck is that? Just like past the break or what is that? So for us, uh, basically in the state of North Carolina, it's determined as uh, within three miles of the coastline. Whoa, wow. And that that has to do with permits and other things. But um, basically, I'm allowed to fish uh, from, the, from the inlet out to the three mile mark. Got it. And so are there specific regulations on fish and everything? Is there like a, a season for fish for near shore and a season for fish for offshore and stuff like that or vice versa? Not necessarily. 
I mean, there are fish that may be in the near shore waters at a certain point in the year that would be deeper and other points of the year that would be considered to be more offshore. But uh, no, not necessarily. The The biggest difference is just the uh, the offshore guys. They pull different permits and things like that. And I do so much inshore fishing myself that it's not worth it to um, expand and do that when I'm so much of my time is consumed in the backwaters and then periodically popping out of the beachfront and fishing along the beach and uh, at some close wrecks and things like that. Yeah. What what kind of fish are you primarily going for near shore? Near shore, uh, tons of Spanish mackerel, some king mackerel, Atlantic bonitas, uh, false albies, cobia, bull reds. Uh, so there's a number of different things we catch, sometimes even groupers, uh, black sea bass. So uh, we're lucky to live in an area here where we get deep fairly quickly. Um, so just pretty much a mile off the beach, you're already in 50 foot of water. So it leaves the door open for a lot of species to be close by compared to somewhere where, you know, you're gradually gaining depth as you get off and you may only be in 30 feet of water a couple miles off the beach and just getting a foot at a time. We have a quick drop here. What kind of boats are you guys running? I run a uh, 24 foot bay boat. And then I've also got a uh, 23 foot Maycraft Cape Classic, which is more like a, uh, I consider it to be more like a near shore or bigger water boat. It's got taller gunnels, uh, manages the rougher swells a little bit better. Got it. As far as like near shore fishing and stuff like that, I know like you're saying it's, it's up to three miles out. So when you're inshore fishing as well, is that considered near shore fishing on? So inshore is anything. I consider I consider near shore uh, inshore fishing to be anything behind the beach. So rivers, even the inlet, marshes, uh, intercoastal waterway, things like that. That is so interesting. It's such a, a different way of fishing than I do over here. Like if I'm going offshore, I'm going like taking my jet ski or the boat out like 15, 20 miles to get bluefin tuna, you know, like that's offshore. If I'm a mile off the beach, I'm like, oh yeah, I was offshore on patties, you know, like that's offshore to me. And then inshore fishing in California is literally fishing from the beach, you know, in Corbina, Halibut, whatever. So it's just, it's interesting. It's fun to talk about that kind of stuff because it's, there's so many differences, right? In uh, East Coast versus West Coast and Southern. Because you guys, like you guys don't have the, the backwaters and the marshes and things like that. It's totally different. So, so. What we have is we have lagoons and stuff, but there's not really a bunch of saltwater fish in there. It's more brackish water. And those, the fish that are in there, it's like the jetties. Like there's a wave called Pono jetties around me that I surf all the time. And halibut come into the lagoon over there and they hang out in the sandbar in there. So there's really good halibut fishing in there. But that's more just, we just call it, hey, we're going to go fish Pono jetties or Pono lagoon. You know, like we don't say, oh, we're going to inshore fishing or, because I've seen a lot of videos in YouTube and stuff of guys going spear fishing inshore in marshes and stuff for like whatever, like crazy fish. And I'm like, what the heck? That's crazy. You guys are doing that on East Coast. Yeah, our, our marshes and backwaters are pretty loaded up with different fish here. And I probably do more inshore fishing than nearshore fishing. I mean, it's it's pretty close, but it's not quite 50-50. I probably spend more time inside than out along the beach. Well, I feel like maybe that might be good for a company too, because you have the opportunity to be like, hey, the weather outside bad. 
You know, the weather outside the breaks, it's windy, but then you go inshore and it's nice and calm. Yeah, we don't have to cancel hardly any charters because of that. So we're able to get our customers out in almost any conditions. I mean, there's some some days where it's just not worth it, but basically 99% of the time you can do something. Hey, I got a good question for you from the uh, audience questions here. You guys have trolling motors on your boat? We do. I heard that uh, a motor went bad, but you guys were still able to crush some redfish. Yeah, I got lucky. That could have ended a lot worse. Uh, but yeah, we we got out to fish for the day, threw the trolling motor out, went to cut it on, and absolutely nothing. Um, so I ended up I ended up having like a uh, a major corrosion problem inside of the plug. And uh, the day before, like I had, there was no indication it was going to fail, and then it just did done. So, but I learned a valuable lesson for that because I changed the type of plug that I use, and uh, now you know I've been looking in there with a flashlight because I'm nervous about it and I'm good to go now. Life lesson. So tell me, how did you guys end up fishing that day? Like if you don't have a trolling motor, were you you were inshore? Okay. So yeah, how did you guys get it done? I've got power poles on my boat, the shallow water anchors. And I looked out because the first spot I went to had fish. And most days it doesn't. I have to bounce around and find them. But so we, you know, I got to the first spot, realized the trolling motor didn't work put the power poles down and I just lucked out and didn't have to move. They were right there. Were your clients like, what the heck is going on? Or did you kind of just play it off? Like, okay, we're good. Oh, I mean, I explained that it was an issue, but once we started catching fish, it was like, you know, oh, well. That is so distinct, dude. I love this. That'll never happen again that way. If it ever broke again, there'd be no fish anywhere around. Dude, so talk to me about what the clients wanted to go for. Like, was there a specific fish were you guys going for redfish? Was that like the, the journey of the day? This was the uh, the salt light trip and that it broke on, and we okay. were going to target redfish. Uh, that's oh, no way. Yeah. Dude, that's so classic. It was, it was during the shoot, so we were, we were specifically going to go target redfish. That's kind of a staple here in the summertime is red drum fishing. I mean, it's big in eastern North Carolina, so... That's what that's what the plan was. That's what we were going to do. And uh luckily they were just right there where I pulled up and we were able to catch a good amount of them without having to move. Love it. Dude, so let's talk about that then. Because I thought this was a question that was just like, you know, directed towards, oh my gosh, they literally didn't have a trolling motor and they couldn't get anywhere. But Soul Life was on board. Who was on the team and what was going on? So you got involved with that. And you were you were chartering the whole team. This this trip it was just Tati and Katie. Okay, I fished with others in the past, but it was just like a captain's feature. So it was just the three of us went out to to do that, and um, yeah, that's kind of how it went down. I was like, oh, this is going to be a tough day to shoot because with no trolling motor, you're. I mean, it's tough, dude. Tati and Katie are so easy going, so they're probably just like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then you guys just go slay fish that's so cool yeah, they definitely weren't worried about it so were you able to fish then on that that charter yeah yeah we all fished rad i love it that's so good how long were you guys out for we were probably out for three or four hours but we fished for maybe two two and a half um the tide got to a certain point where i knew they were gone from that area and so we kind of went to ride around see if anything else was going on but at that point i mean we had caught a good amount of redfish and it wasn't a big problem. So we went for a boat ride and called it good. 
So how big are uh, the redfish getting over there? We catch them um, anywhere from being juvenile fish that might be a foot long all the way up to, you know, 50 plus inches. This area is known for holding the biggest redfish in the world. And we don't, that's not really a uh, an early summer target. And we start going for those trophy fish really, really starting now, but August and September is when we target what we call the bull drum or, or here we, in Eastern North Carolina, they call them old drum, but they're, you know, the, the sexually mature reproducing drum that are citation sized. So specifically with that salt life charter that you guys did, what was the biggest redfish you guys got? We caught a few that were over the uh, slot limit, so legally too big to keep, and I think maybe in the 30-inch oh, wow. range. Gnarly. So th- those are actually my favorite size fish to catch. I enjoy the the old drum, the really big ones, but I like the upper slot, which are the fish that are big but still legal to keep, and the ones just above that that are just over keeping size. So when you're when you're going for redfish and stuff, talk to me about your tackle. Like, what did you guys have on that trip? Were you specifically inshore? And when you go inshore, are you specifically only bringing tackle for inshore? Usually, I've got all kinds of stuff in my bay boat because I don't know what the day is going to bring. Half the time, I think I'm doing one thing and I end up doing something totally different. So I've got stuff that's in the boat, ready to fish the ocean, as well as my backwater tackle just loaded down. Um, but redfish tackle is pretty simple. Uh, in the summertime, we're fishing marsh flats, basically a foot to two foot of water. And you're uh, fishing a lot of popping corks, which is just essentially a uh, a cork that makes noise. You can pop it, then it can draw a fish in to look at it, and they'll hear it and come in. And then you're running just a short leader under that with either live bait and artificial or, or maybe even some dead cut bait. Did the girls get a couple fish too themselves? Yeah, they both caught them. That's so rad. How long did it take them to reel in? They don't take too long. You know, they make they pull some drag. They make a couple nice runs, but you know, they just take a few minutes to reel in. Yeah, that's awesome. They were probably so stoked. Yeah, they liked it. That's the cool thing about redfish is pound for pound, they're probably the hardest fighters in the backwater. They'll tear some drag off the reel. Crazy. I want to go do that. That sounds awesome. It's fun. Because you're talking a foot or two foot deep. I mean, the draft of your boat's got to be pretty high up in the water. I've seen a lot of like those, they're almost like a stand-up paddle board with a motor on the back. Have you ever seen those? Push poles on the front and stuff? I've seen a lot of paddle boards and I've seen guys paddle and fish off of them, but I don't think I've seen one with a motor on it. Yeah, I saw one on YouTube. I've been so into the YouTube grind. I've been watching all the Salt Life videos and stuff and just getting all frothed up to go fishing. But I saw a video the other day and this guy had, it was literally like a paddle board, but it had a seat on it and it had a motor on the back and I was tripping out. I swear it was in like North Carolina or South Carolina. You could do some damage with a setup like that, I bet. Oh my gosh. He was slaying it. He was slaying it. He was so racked. Um, yeah, it was insane. Are there a lot of guys that spearfish over there? There's some offshore spearfishing, but, um, I'd say compared to other areas like South Florida or, or places where you really think that they've got a lot of guys doing it, people out, it's just not as, not quite as popular here. I mean, there's, there's a certain amount of people doing it, but it's not something that most of my buddies are interested in or do. That's funny. It's such a big thing over here. I feel like spear vision is huge over here. So, uh, 
what was the what was the biggest highlight of that charter? Probably just being able to catch fish without a trolling motor. I mean, <laughs> going into got fishing marsh flats with no trolling motor, like you know, if you woke up in the morning and you knew it was broke, you wouldn't go. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't go. But the old school back in the old days, those guys used to fish with anchors and drift in the with the wind and current and things like that. But the the younger crowd's not cut out for that. Those guys are built different. <laughs> all right. Funny. So when you're in that shallow water, are you trimming your motor all the way up? Like, are you bringing your motor up on the back? Yeah, I'm, I've got it cut off and trimmed all the way up. And then, um, you know, I've got my trolling motor uh, trimmed up too. And I'm still smashing that thing into all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's rough on your boat. So you're you're really having to work work with the tides and current changes and stuff like that look out for sandbars and whatever's underneath yeah yep that's great yep. there's a lot of oyster rocks and things like that so you have to uh really be aware when you're navigating you need to be familiar with the water and where you're going because a lot of places where i'm fishing i'm running through a couple miles of just a few feet of water to get there so i'm running i'm running on plane at 50 plus miles an hour and a foot and a half two foot of water a lot of time that's so gnarly you guys put jet drives on or something. That's crazy. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, you have any other highlights that that uh, charter you guys went on? Can't think of anything specific other than that. I mean, it was uh, we had some just like a action. unique, a unique charter though. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, we just we got it done in one spot. I mean, they they bit there for a couple hours. We got a nice variety of fish. We got some smaller ones, some keeper size fish, some uh, overslot fish that were too big to keep and um uh, did it all in that under those conditions so that was nice that's epic you have any fishing trips coming up besides work i don't have anything planned out this year i'm, I'm so busy with charters that um uh, i can't even think about anything other than that right now i'm just making it through the summer right now i'd love to go somewhere and do some fishing this fall but uh you know usually the, the fall season stays pretty jammed up here that's our best fishing of the year october november december so should be steady and then maybe maybe i'll be able to do something in the winter if i'm lucky you guys have a lot of people that come back like routinely and just come fish with you we do yeah um i've been fortunate to uh already earn the repeat business of a lot of people just in the short amount of time i've been doing this Uh, there's a lot of people that might have a vacation house in the area or get a referral from a friend or guys that come in from some of the local cities and you know, when they get some vacation time, they like to go fish for a couple of days. And you know, we get a lot of return customers. That's rad. That's good. So for somebody that wants to come to a charter, um, I feel like what you just said is so correct. Like trolling offshore is so boring. Flying kites for tuna is the most boring thing in the world. It's like unless you see foamers of tuna and your cast and irons in the water and poppery and stuff, it's a different story. But with near shore and inshore fishing, from my experience of fishing rivers and fishing close to shore, you're able to actually use the tackle at all times, right? I mean, you're you're working to get those fish, and when you get those fish on, it's rewarding, right? When you yes, and when when you've got somebody, even though you know they're a customer and you're the one taking them to the fish, um, they're doing a lot more to earn their fish by casting, catching that fish versus uh, sitting there while you troll them. And, they pick up the rod real efficient. So I think I think it feels more hard-earned for them too. And they're learning, right? I mean, for the do you, do you have a lot of customers that have like barely fished at all and they come to a, a charter? 
Yeah, I'd say over half the people I take out are, are pretty green and don't know a whole lot. And I think they all walk away learning a lot. I mean, I, I always learn something every day. And so I know they do. Yeah, that to me, that's like the coolest part because you get to give back to the community, right? And like teach people stuff. And they maybe have never cast a rod in their whole entire life. And you're just saying, hey, this is how you do it. We're going to use this for this fish and look at the water color and this the lure we're going to use or the bait we're going to use, whatever. And like those little things click with people, right? And they go with them for the rest of their lives. So that's what's cool about specifically for you running a charter. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. It's very rewarding to see somebody progress and especially kids just seeing how excited they get when they're able to figure it out. And, uh, you know, they're grinding for that bite for a little while. I think they start doubting what's going on. And then next thing you know, they've got a nice fish on and you can, you can see the excitement all over their face. So dude, this is super awesome. I love talking about, um, the experiences that Salt Life gets to go and do with charter businesses because the whole podcast is the charter series. And, um, I'm actually going on one in next month and i'm excited to go do it it's going to be close to home like an hour away and we're going to go for some offshore fishing and then i'm going to do a podcast on that i wish i was able to come to every single one of these and be experiencing that because it would be more fun to be able to like, like talk to you about these stories and live in that moment and then come talk to you but it's so fun for me to talk to you guys about this stuff because i'm learning a lot about different types of fishing in different types of places and the stories that people get to tell. And that's what fishing is all about, right? We get to talk about stories and bring fishing to other people. Yeah, you'll have to tag along sometime. Um, I think I've got the Soul Life crew back here uh, in early October for a few days. And uh, always looking forward to that. It's a fun group. Awesome. That's going to be awesome. I love that. Soul Life's always a fun crew to hang out with. They're good. So do you, do you guys have social media? Uh, Chasing Tails Outdoors is the uh, primary social media for the uh, uh, charter company I work for. And then I've got my own account too, but it's, you know, I seldom will use it. I'm not big into social so media posts or I don't, I just, I don't know. I know it's important now and it can, it can help you gain some traction, but I don't, I've just never really taken to it or really hey, put it. That's what makes you a good social person, right? That's right. You get to actually talk to people in real life. That's good. That's right. <laughs> I don't have anything against it. I just haven't put any effort into building it up. But yeah, I've got totally. not, I've got a I've got an Instagram account. It's Captain Hunter Bolton. Nice. I love it. Well, everybody, go follow that. And uh, Hunter, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Great talking to you. Great talking to you too. We'll catch you guys next time on Above and Below Assault Light Podcast. Thanks, Hunter. Have a great day. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty. <laughs>